Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Running the Break with CJ and Alex. I'm Alex Wong here with my co-host, CJ Toledano. CJ, we're going to talk about one of your favorite topics today, and I guess I could say that for every episode, but maybe <laughs> especially today. Today is, is, is an episode all about vintage. What's your Ooh. relationship with vintage, CJ? My, I don't know if I can say healthy relationship, but my relationship with vintage. Are you, are you is saying that it's complicated? Yeah. It's it's not complicated. It can just get borderline mentally unstable. I just, I it's you know we we talk about things in the NBA that aren't you know outside the game. This is the whole premise of the show, and so vintage and just like memorabilia and merch are ways for me to continue to just like immerse myself in the league. And so vintage is huge because it's just like. Endless, and I, I think you, you'll get into it in the conversation with Josh, but like it's just ways of like celebrating my youth a little bit and collecting some pieces that I've always wanted as a kid but didn't have income back then but have income now. And so I, I just I just love it. It's like it's a hobby of mine to just look up and see what's out there. What, what about you? Because I know you're a big vintage head. What's sort of like your relationship with it? Like how do you participate in it? Yeah, you know, vintage for me, you know, like like you mentioned, we're going to have Josh Router, um, you know, co-owner of Vintage We Trust. Later on in segment two, we sat down with him to talk to him about all things vintage related to the NBA as well. You know, that's one of the vintage shops. That's one of my go-tos here in Toronto. You know, obviously, we've established that you've won a, an award for, for being on eBay too much. 
I believe I believe that's the official award that you yeah. won. Like eBay, you know, look at sites like Grailed, and honestly, like Etsy is a very good place. Depop. To, I don't yeah, want to give up too many of our secrets, yeah, that's, but this that's is the, the thing. episode. See, you can give up the websites. You just don't tell them your searches. Exactly. Because I feel like the searches is, is where all the magic is. But yep. it, it's so amazing, too, because we talk so much about the 90s, and we grew up in the 90s. And I think about, like, wrestling tees mm-hmm. or band tees or even like 90s snapbacks because because i know you got a really good hat yep. collection over there and it's like all these things we grew up with you know in a way it's kind of sad because i feel old now like 20 30 years later these these things are coming back as trends and like if you told me this growing up that i should have bought like every single like stone cold steve austin tee <laughs> at the mall when i was with my mom because now they're going to be worth hundreds of dollars and so coveted I would have done it. So as someone who grew up in the 90s, it's actually like a little jarring for me to see like NBA players and like younger kids now tap into this 90s culture, which it wasn't a trend back then. It was just part of what we grew up with, right? Well, it's in the unhealthy part of it that I had talked about earlier is like, I'll be looking through my collection or like, you know, just trying to purge some of my clothes because I got way too many. And I'll look at a shirt and go, Mm, this came out five years ago. I got to get rid of that. But literally, how does vintage become vintage? You just hold on to it. And like you said, with the Stone Cold shirts, if you just would have kept or bought a few of those and kept them, you would have had all these pieces. And so for me, it's like, and I think it's a big conversation in the vintage world and, and how we see it in pop culture. Are some of these celebrities and athletes and NBA players, when they wear like a vintage music shirt from, you know, like, Nirvana or like Jimi Hendrix or Grateful Dead, like, do they legitimately like these bands? And so for me, my sort of rule is I got to like or like be connected to the thing that I'm wearing or I know a little bit of the history of it. But I think the game has gotten so big that that's not necessarily everyone's philosophy. Yeah. And I think, you know, later on in the episode, when I talked to Josh, Josh gets into that too. And it's such an interesting conversation because I think when it comes to vintage and trends, Uh, I think the term like gatekeeping often comes up too, right? Because are we allowing people to just consume, like you mentioned, you know, this Nirvana merch or, you know, different bands? Are they, are we allowing them to just consume it as fashion? Or do we actually expect them to obviously have that personal connection? I've always said, and again, like, I don't, I feel like everybody should just shop their own way. But Mm -hmm. for me, I think I'm with you in that when you pick up a hat, when you pick up a tee, when you do have like a personal connection to it, when there is a nostalgia connected to it, it just means more, you know? It, it, yeah. just, it, it just fits better, you know? Now I'm just waxing poetry about like, you know, 30-year-old <laughs> tees, but it's like, I, I think about, like, especially during the pandemic, I don't know about you, like I had so much extra time to do oh, yeah. all this browsing online and, you know, watching The Last Dance didn't help either because that just, like, pushed the nostalgia into overdrive. But, like, I got really into, like, just, like, 90s advertising tees and I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. like, I picked up this, like, Energizer bunny tee that, like, I just absolutely love and, like, I went back to, like, 90s movies. You know, a lot of people here in Toronto know know me solely as the guy who wears a speed hat because uh, yep. I love the movie and it's, like, when you do have that personal attachment, it, I feel like it does make a difference but then there are other times, too, when you just look at a T of a band that maybe you've never heard of, and you're like, wow, that's a really cool graphic. And like yeah. sometimes that's enough, too. And I'll give a little, because you had mentioned like the advertising thing, I'll give you a little bit of a secret from my approach. Is for a second, I was 
getting really into weird sponsored NBA stuff. Like not even like with the league, I think it might've been like local. So I was like looking up local nutrition brands, NBA hats. So it would just have like an NBA logo, but then it would just have a huge nutrition brand on the front of it. And it's really just like with vintage, it's, you know, also not only the logo, but it's like, how is the hat made? And I, I have a giant head. So I really like boxy sort of hats and promo giveaway hats that were free once back in the day are now going for like at a minimum 40 bucks on some of these sites. And that becomes part of the hunt is like, like you said, the keyword searches, what are those keyword searches that I can find something that I really like and can be so specific to me or to like an era. And that's where I can really have fun is where I'm trying to find like really weird or like really, um, you know, just like, oh man, that really takes you back and getting that item for uh, a cheap price. So me, it's not even like the hype of like, oh, I saw this player, or this celebrity wearing it. It's about like, oh, this is something that nobody else has or it's from a certain time. Yeah, and I think the other thing too that people should know is, you know, as much as I think people see like the the, the crazy prices that are on some of these vintage pieces, you know, there's, there's no better joy than doing those searches or maybe going to a thrift store and finding a really nice piece for like five, ten, twenty dollars. Yep. Like, like I think I think there's such a such a drive on the inflation of the prices now in the market. But it's like if you're smart enough, and if it, honestly, it's it's not even that you're smart enough. If you got enough time on your hands to run through these searches and really do some digging, you can find some really cool stuff. And, and I love kind of the promo items that you talked about. Cause like I just watched the Adam Sandler movie Hustle, and then like in one of the scenes when they're at the draft combine, they're wearing these NBA draft combine jerseys, yep. and I'm like, man, I would love to get my hands on one of those because <laughs> it goes back to like practice jerseys and like really rare jerseys, and like one of my friends Charlie here, I think he worked with the junior NBA program once upon mm-hmm. a time, and every time I see him, he's always rocking junior NBA merch. He's got like hats and things of that nature, and I'm just like so jealous. I'm like, should I volunteer? Should I actually take jobs just so I could, uh, you know, get merch? Because I am willing to do that as well. I, I mean, one of my favorite pieces, I got to find it. It's too small for me, but it's a NBA two ball competition t-shirt. Remember two ball? <laughs> Again, we talk about time capsules in this on this show a lot, but like we had there was a two ball competition or event at All-Star Weekend, I feel like. And then we never saw it again. You're looking at the champions of two ball. But now when I wear that, people come up to me and go, oh my God, I remember two ball. And I go, well, we're friends. And that's honestly, it's how I've made a lot of friendships. And I feel like even with you and I, like just from Twitter of like posting a new piece, we maybe even became friends that way. For sure. And, and and I'm sure you've gotten this, you know, just walking around in LA. Like sometimes if you walk around in a rare vintage NBA jersey mm-hmm. or even a vintage graphic tee, like I get this here in Toronto too when I wear some of my wrestling tees. Like you just strike up a connection with random people on the street. And that's amazing too. Like I, I feel like I don't dress for people to like, oh, look at me and be like, oh, wow, like he's got this tee. But it's really fun to have those conversations with people who have like the shared interests um, as you. So let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about all the vintage trends that are actually happening in the NBA right now. Let's do it. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. 
Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back on Rain the Break with Alex and CJ. So we've been talking about how we got into to NBA vintage and whatnot, and I would love to just sort of like talk about some of the examples we're seeing right now in the league, you know, especially in these finals. Like, I always wonder when is this sort of trend going away? And I don't think it is because some of the top players are showing great examples of, you know, um, we're just almost getting started, I feel like, in my opinion. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, you know, during the finals, even starting with game one, you know, I remember Derek White of the Celtics, he did a post-game interview with NBA TV and he showed up in a Beatles hoodie. And it's funny, it goes back to the conversation that we had in the intro about, oh, uh, you know, is it okay if these guys never consumed, you know, the music or the content of the people that they're wearing? He was asked about this and he said it was actually just a gift from his parents. And he didn't didn't grow up like a huge Beatles fan, but he did point, Derek White did point out he took a history of rock and roll class once. And so he did, (laughs) so, so he knows who the Beatles are. And once again, it's a gift from mom and dad, you know? It doesn't have yeah. to be a band that you grew up with. We saw Clay Thompson show up in a Bone Thugs and Harmony vintage tee. And, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of these trends now of these 90s, and obviously the Beatles go back. Um, so older rock bands. I, I'm with you. I, I don't think this trend is going away because there's just such a vast amount of different bands and different styles that I feel like these NBA players can really tap into. Yeah, and we talk about just kind of like locking into mentalities before games, and, and we've, we've said it a lot with how even Kobe did it with the Mitchell and Ness stuff, which for people listening, that isn't really vintage. It's like from an era, it's, you know, they're recreated, but like 
Jordan Poole was rocking that Rodman bad as I want to be t-shirt. And I, I feel like he was trying to sort of like lock into a Rodman mentality. Robert Williams, I think he was, he was wearing a Rodman vintage-esque. And again, this is how big a nerds we are. Like, we don't think that's an actual vintage tee, but it's like trying to be in that fashion or that style. Um, but the great thing about vintage is you can get, you know, you can wear a specific player and kind of just like, show sort of your mentality or like your your spirit going into the game. So I think that's why, in my opinion, vintage isn't going away because it's just a really great expression. Yeah, and, and we've always talked about this. Like fashion is just really competitive with these NBA guys. So like once these guys get into this vintage lane, especially when it comes to bands, like there's just like kind of a, they're just trying to one-up each other, right? Like, oh, oh, you know, you know, Nirvana, like, you know, the Beatles, like, let me pull out a rock band that you've just like never heard of. Like, I think we saw earlier in the playoffs, I think Dylan, I think it was Dylan Brooks who wore like uh, either the Smiths or the Cure. And listen, yeah. like, I, I grew up on hip hop, so I, I don't know a lot of these bands I'm not very familiar with at all. But like, I feel like it, it becomes like a competition. And, you know, we talk about vintage jerseys and stuff. One of the other trends has been, and I think it's going to be emerging going into the next season are throwback hockey jerseys. So yep. so we've got Josh from Invintage We Trust coming up. And, you know, Josh likes to... He's very private in terms of, like, when NBA players or, like, rappers come into the store. Like, he's, he's not very big on just, like, promoting all of that because he's just all about the business and, like, you know, respecting privacy. But I can say this because Shay posted a photo on Instagram recently. And, you know, in the reflection of the van that he was stepping into is Invintage We Trust in <laughs> Toronto. So from sources, I can say he was in there picking up a lot of hockey jerseys. And he showed up in a Jerome McGinley, Calgary Flames, like throwback jersey. Dang. And because it's Shea, it's custom. It's got like these bedazzled jewels on them, which which, which I personally am like, Shay, that's already a hot enough item. Like it yeah. actually doesn't need to be custom. <laughs> but hockey jerseys is the new wave and like, I'm saying that too. I've seen Natasha Cloud in the WNBA mm-hmm. wear a Philadelphia Flyers jersey recently. But if Shea, because like Shea's one of the guys who I think moves the needle in, in the NBA when it comes to fashion. So if he's jumping on this throwback hockey jersey wave, I can see a lot of guys jumping on that too. And I can see that affecting just general trends. I can see a lot of people just generally starting to get into hockey jerseys. Well, and I have a theory on this and and shout out to Ian over at League Fits, Cozy Fam, right? You're familiar with Cozy Fam. It's, you know, p- you know, players wearing sweats and, you know, baggier clothes. The the hockey jersey, because those are made to, you know, be worn over pads. So so they're they're naturally oversized. And I have a few hockey jerseys and I like those are so comfortable. It's like you wear those and they, you know, they they cost um they're they're more expensive than like a basketball jersey, which I think I struggle with wearing basketball jerseys out. We've talked about that on the podcast before, but for some reason I don't struggle with a hockey jersey, and it's because it's a big sleeved piece and you can wear layers under it or whatever. But I think that's like part of sort of the cozy fam movement from wearing sweats and whatnot to wearing a hockey jersey because I don't know it's just like you can it's it almost replaces a jacket sometimes yeah it's the versatility like you mentioned of it right like I think you know on a breezy day in the summer you can slip on a hockey jersey with shorts and I think that's a good look in in the winter you know especially here in Toronto um, you know, people think we live in igloos. Um, you know, as we live in these igloos, um, you know, like like in the wintertime, you throw on a hoodie and you put a hockey jersey over. And like, that's a decent look too. And like, 
Yeah, I've been pulling out a couple of hockey jerseys out of my collection that that I guess might might got to start bringing back in rotation. You know, it's it's uh it's absolutely great to be turning 38 later this year and be affected <laughs> by uh you know guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander. It's like oh yeah, he's wearing a hockey jersey, so I better get on this too. Um, uh, but. I don't know, man. Like, even I know this is an NBA podcast, but like, man, the NHL, they had some pretty fire logos, especially like in the 90s and early 2000s. Like, one of my favorite hockey jerseys, I've got the New York Islanders when they used mm-hmm. to have the Fisherman logo. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, the Fisherman logo jersey is, is a real eye catcher. And my friend actually recently gifted me, because I'm originally from Hong Kong, a Hong Kong national team hockey jersey That's with like crazy. the emblem at the front, which is like so fire. These jerseys are actually so fire. Like, it, I, I don't even, like, I can't just wear it out on a random Wednesday, you know? Because, like... <laughs> you got... Okay, Alex, <laughs> like, when we hang out in person, you're we're like, we're wearing it. I don't care. Just I don't pure care jerseys. We'll get. Just pure jerseys. Yeah. It's all about just owning it, man. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I will say yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. again. One other secret that I'm going to give away, um, yeah. and I've seen a few Too many, people, man. Too many, man. Don't give these well, away, so, man. Well, to bring it back into the NBA, but still talk about this hockey jersey wave, Starter made these... NBA hockey jerseys. And there's been some that have been made recently, but if you go back, there's a Bulls one. I know, I, I, know made, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and it's made to look like the shorts. And yeah. there's other teams that they've made. And man, it's just like, yeah, I, it's one of my favorite pieces. But that's how deep you can get into this game is where you're like, I bought all the band tees. I bought all the wrestling tees. Show me the weird stuff like this. It never ends. And that's why I'm always in my storage space trying to get rid of stuff or looking for things that you know are have gone missing and like if you talk about hockey jerseys you know i think there's different lanes within that too you know one thing i would recommend if people are looking at hockey jerseys look for minor league hockey teams Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people on ebay who might have just worked for these teams back in the day and that's why they have a lot of this stuff and you know being here in toronto obviously hockey is a huge deal Look up some Ontario Hockey League teams. They've got some pretty crazy logos dating back to like the 80s and 90s. And there's a lot of great stuff here. And it's funny too, because like we talk about these jerseys and then we see guys, we've talked about this, like some some of the guys in the NBA have been wearing like the high-end hockey jerseys, right? Because mm-hmm. I know Louis Vuitton has put out a jersey. Um, so I, 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 you know, if, if you were to ask me to pick and I know we're not drafting like trends, but it's like, <laughs> I think the hockey jersey trend is really going to pop off heading into next season. Absolutely. I mean... Again, I, anything I add here is giving away the sauce a little bit. But guys, if you want to stay on top of the wave, hockey jerseys, here's a team too. You mentioned minor league hockey teams. Look up Cleveland Lumberjacks. That That's hmm. one of my favorite logos. Um, whenever there's a, a that, like a uh, an animal that is sort of oddly personified, those are generally, you know, really, really fun logos and like fun vintage to collect. So um, yeah. I'm excited for for your conversation with Josh. I know he dropped some gems. I'm gonna like I'm gonna plan a trip up to Toronto to hang out with you because I want to one visit his shop and and hang out with you. But uh, man, like it's it's just amazing because people think like vintage is huge right now, but it really does go back a long way. You know, people who've been doing this for a living and what it it isn't just going on these sites and looking up and buying stuff like the greats like Josh have their own methods and he might talk about it a little bit, but it's really interesting how some of these shop owners and brand owners have continued to make a living doing this. I think one of the most amazing things too, before, you know, we we play the interview is, you know, we've seen the rise in popularity of sneakers. We've seen the rise in vintage too. 
and you can attest to this, especially when it comes to sneakers and honestly vintage as well. Like it wasn't always like this. Like there used to be a time when people weren't going for these things. Like they weren't going for, you know, wrestling tees or throwback jerseys. And like, as I'm talking now, you know, I feel like trucker hats are making a comeback now too. And, and, you know, there's just all these trends and it's like, people didn't used to covet these things. And that's one of the things that Josh talked about in terms of the different trends. And I think another interesting thing Josh talked about too, is just how NBA players and like celebrities from athletes to rappers, how they influence just general trends. Like Drake can wear a vintage Razor Ramon wrestling tee and suddenly that tee will just like, you cannot find it on the market. And everybody's always jumping on that stuff, which I, which that's the part that I find so fascinating too, is like, when you talk about influence at the end of the day, we can have fun talking about these tunnel fits, but they truly do influence the trends that take mm-hmm. place. Well, it, it, I don't, I'm trying to figure this out and I think it's because of the movie Hustle, but I had this Adam Sandler album tee that he sold on his, one of his college tours when he wasn't that famous. I got it. It was, um, it's, I think it's, they're all going to laugh at me is the album that it's for, but I bought it six years ago for 40 bucks on eBay. And I swear to God, like occasionally Sandler and vintage is one of my, my, uh, keyword searches. And I hadn't seen these t-shirts pop up in a while. And last week when hustle came out, I looked it up and I saw that the t-shirt that I have is now going for 2000 bucks. And I, again, you talk about it just showing up in culture, showing up on league fits, showing up on social, showing up on the broadcasts and the entrances, it can just really have an effect on the market of these things. So like we talk about like crypto and how, and all like the effects, like people shouting that out or pumping it. Like it's wild that players just showing up to a game and they might not be showing any effort or like any sort of specific reason why they wore it, but that's how that market sort of gets pumped. Yeah. And, and, you know, the last thing I'll say about this is just like, I think it goes back to the point that you made in the intro is like, if if you want to get into vintage and find the things that you like, really just stick, like make a list of like your personal interests, like make a list, like, you know, the most random things will pop into our heads and we'll just go on searches. Like I was thinking yesterday, I was looking up, uh, you remember earthworm gym? Oh yeah. (laughs) yeah. And like, I was looking for earthworm gym merch and I was just like, Oh, I just want to see what's out there. And it, 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 you know, when it comes, when it comes to vintage, like jot it down, whatever it takes, like make a list, make a list of things that that you were nostalgic about growing up and like go on these searches because a lot of times the things that you're nostalgic for personally might not be things that are trending in the market. And that's how you find those inefficiencies where you're going to be able to find a $10, $15, $20 tee or a hat that that means that means so much more to you than the price and, and it, it's truly like the value to you is just personal um so yeah if, if you don't have anything to add we'll take a break and when we come back we'll play our my interview with josh router from in vintage we trust about vintage and the influence of nba players on on trends today did you ever play the over under game with your friends you know think i could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, 
assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name's Josh. You're in a vintage we trust right now, located in the heart of Parkdale, Toronto, and we're talking off-court trip. All that stuff you see the ball players wearing when they're not on court. Let's get into this. So for this segment, we've got Josh Roder, co-owner of In Vintage We Trust, which I consider to be a Toronto landmark and institution, joining us to talk about vintage. Josh, how are you doing, man? Thanks for making the time. Big intro. I'm pumped to be here, as always, talking ball, talking vintage. That's what we do. Yeah, and, you know, it's just for a little context for the listeners. How long have you been in the vintage game? Because you have so much knowledge in this space. Oh, for decades. I started picking vintage in 98, professionally since 07 as like a day-to-day. And uh, Vintage We Trust has been around since 2010. It's run with my uh, business and life partner, Chantal Varela. And we opened up our flagship retail location in 2014 in downtown Toronto and Parkdale. Yeah, I definitely want to get into you know, the crossover between vintage and and NBA players. But just in general, we've seen such a huge boom in just mainstream interest in vintage over the past few years. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think it's a few things all happening at the same time. There's been this communal consciousness, per se, about 90s being now seen as nostalgic. It happened uh, more than 20 years ago, and I think people are okay throwing back to it. And um, I think every, I think people of a certain age now have specific amount of income that they maybe once did not, and uh, they're looking to uh, grab a piece of their childhood or youth. And people that didn't live through that 
I mean, they look at it and they know it's fire. I mean, the, the way stuff was made, the quality, the graphics, I mean, it isn't something that you can replicate. And it's authentic. And I think everyone knows that. Yeah, and I think specifically with NBA players too, because you see a segment of them, obviously, where they wear a lot of designer and they've got their stylists and picking clothes for them. And sometimes, you know, on, on the odd occasion, you might see a couple of NBA players uh, wearing the same piece. And when it comes to vintage and, and being able to go into these archives and then shop at these different places, there's probably an appeal to them of just having this one of one piece, right? Like they know when they come to the tunnel that it's going to be something that another player has not been able to acquire. Yeah, so the t-shirt is obviously probably the most worn vintage garment out of the tunnel in terms of um, uh, garments that are worn by NBA players. And there is an exclusivity factor and it speaks to their individuality. They really can speak through the garment and it says something about maybe their music or movie preferences a brand that they were into or want to be into or aligned with. And they know that other players or customers at the end of the day can't get it, right? Because like you said, it's a one of one or a really, really difficult to find garment or item. Yeah, the other thing that CJ and I were talking about too, and we're curious about is that obviously a lot of people are paying attention to what NBA players are, are wearing now. Um, you're able to see it all across social media. It, it, it's become like it, it gets almost as much coverage as the games. But in what ways do you think athletes and especially NBA players like say when a player shows up in a really rare wrestling tee or a really rare, you know, band tee or a hockey jersey? How does that impact the vintage market when it comes to those specific pieces? So that's an interesting question, probably very directly to be candid, a garment as soon as it's worn by an NBA player or someone in the music industry can have a massive surge in popularity and price. Talked about wrestling tees. Probably the most known example isn't in the NBA per se, but it's definitely, you know, within the hip hop community. Drake wore a, a Razor Ramon all over print, originally released, I believe, in 91 or 92. And that particular t-shirt literally skyrocketed by about $500 in 24 hours. So the t-shirt would have been lit like $150 on a Monday. By Tuesday at 3 p.m., the t-shirt's $750. So yesterday's price is not today's price. That's so interesting to me, like, like knowing that just how much influence these, these guys have. Like as, as, as much as they're just showing off you know, uh, fashion sense or personal taste, like they're really impacting the market is what you're saying. 100%. You guys talked a few episodes ago about classic finals tunnel fits. And you guys were talking about Kobe. And there's a lot of customers that shop at our store that love to replicate a lot of those kind of early 2000s fits that basketball players were wearing. And probably the most iconic that I remember from that finals was obviously the Kobe Jordan rookie cursive jersey that he wore for Michelin S. So, you know, the price point on that garment probably prior to those Getty images being um, popularly known by the community was lower. And as soon as kind of, you know, several Instagram accounts had... Um, you know, posted that photo over and over and over again, the prices just go up on stuff like that. 
So it's not even like the original basketball player wearing it. It a lot of the time it's the it's the guy coming out of the tunnel wearing the jersey, you know, or that vintage NBA or music t-shirt or movie or wrestling, right? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Do you find maybe more in recent years now you'll have customers coming in and specifically, like you mentioned, like referencing specific fits that they saw, athletes and like like you mentioned, people in the music business wearing like are are, are customers coming in and asking for like specific things? They they'll come and ask for specific things. I do see like a lot of influence of specific basketball players and their tunnel fits in the way people dress. Currently, there's been this massive uptick in popularity for more like true vintage and or kind of like more of a grown style because we've been wearing like the sweatsuits and these like loose oversized tees for a few years straight. And people are looking for something that's like a bit more adult. And there's several players that have been, you know, going out the tunnel like already, like two, three seasons, you know, in super clean dress pants, knit short sleeve shirting, camp collars, layered varsity jackets with like really, really clean shirting underneath. Um, designer, but people are looking to emulate those fits, right? Yeah. And, you know, and another, you know, you mentioned, you know, wrestling tees earlier with Drake and the Razor Ramon. I feel like interest in, in wrestling tees have skyrocketed as well. W- w- would that be correct to say? Yeah, it's it's completely insane. I mean, it's crazy for me to like look at it because we'll sell like we were selling Stone Cold Steve Austin tees in like 14 and 15. They were like literally 38 to 44 dollars and the same t-shirts now because of the demand and the supply is obviously lower this is 2014 was like half a decade ago and they're not making more of the stuff right people got to understand they make less we find less and less every day there's less and less out there for us to source and then bring bring to the people um so that kind of t-shirt you know could be like 120 to 150 now i mean it, it it's really crazy and that's like a lower end t-shirt i mean there's t-shirts that sell constantly online. You'll see a t-shirt in the market that sells, I'm not talking about asking price, over a G. And, you know, during kind of that COVID spike, <laughs> there were tees that were doing like two, three K. It was, it was really crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's getting out of hand. And then you mentioned earlier too, you know, for, for some people diving back into vintage, maybe they have a disposable income now. And, you know, when they're growing up in the 90s, there were things that they couldn't buy. And then you you mentioned too, you know, maybe there's a younger group of people who are getting into vintage because they just think that style is really cool. And I think NBA players, there's a part of those. Like I look at some of these younger players like a Shea Gilgis Alexander or, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, like they've worn a lot of vintage and they're wearing band tees. Like, you know, like let's say, you know, I think the most famous are the vintage Nirvana tees. They're probably wearing tees that like, you know, of of musicians and bands that they did not listen to or they don't listen to. And I was thinking about Derek White of the Boston Celtics earlier in the NBA Finals. He was wearing a Beatles hoodie and Shaq asked him after the game if he was a fan of the Beatles. And he was like, oh, no, my parents just bought me this. Uh, So, so, you know, I'm just wearing it. Um, What are your thoughts? Because this can be divisive at times. I think there's certain people that are like, oh, if you don't actually know the brand, you know, if you don't know the band, if you don't know the wrestler, maybe, you know, you shouldn't wear it because there's no personal attachment to it. Uh, Where do you stand on that? Because people do talk about that a lot. So I'm an old head, but I'm not old (laughs) head-ish. So um, 
I'm going to say I'm not of the same age as a lot of these younger dudes wearing that stuff. And they're, they, you have to understand, they're looking at a lot of these tees as a graphic, right? It's a part of an outfit and they don't have the same uh, connection to the music, maybe, that someone like me or you have because they didn't live through that era. So I'm not going to hate them for it. I think the the disgust from just like people that love the music when they see a person do that, it's only if they fake the funk. So I don't have a problem if he says his, his mom or dad bought him the hoodie. Like he's just being truthful. Like it's it's not that deep to to a lot of people, not just basketball players, just people in general. It's a trend cycle. So do I not? Do I have an, a personal attachment to some music opposed to others? Hundred percent. Am I going to have an issue if a basketball player wears a showbiz and AGT out the tunnel and they don't know who that is? Damn right I am. But you know, I think Nirvana. It's a little bit of a. I mean, it's it's like a little bit of like calling the kettle black. Like it's it's not okay if it, and if an NBA player uh, doesn't know who that is, but it's okay if a random person on the street bought you know that tea at Urban Outfitters. I mean, that kind of doesn't make sense. You can't have it both ways, right? Um, so I don't have an issue with it. You know, it's a part of the game and stuff. What we do at our shop is that we educate. Like we're constantly telling stories and we're educating customers if they want to hear it about what they're wearing or why the quality is different why you're paying a higher price point or vice versa or why you know the stuff me now just isn't as good so um you know we're here as as a conduit but like you know i'm not going to not sell something to someone because you know they just like the color of a garment that happens all the time you know in our shop people love love colors you know and the flavors of a graphic opposed to like, you know, listening to that artist or being diehard about that movie, right? And I think a lot of younger people, they know like specific 90s graphics are hype and they're not so concerned with like the intricacies of like knowing every minute detail of the album opposed to just being a part of the situation. You know, it's just not as deep to some people. That's okay. Yeah, no, I think you make a really good point because at the end of the day, I think, especially for NBA athletes and maybe just general consumers of vintage, um, it's cool too if, if, you know, this is just part of their wardrobe choice and it's cool if they just like a, a graphic, you know, if they like a band graphic, um, you know, or if they like a particular wrestling tee, like, like you know, if I, if I bought a Stone Cold Steve Austin tee from you, you know, I, w- I would not expect you to try to quiz me and ask me to name my favorite five Stone Cold Steve Austin pay-per-view main events, you know? Yeah, like what, like what, uh, what material is his like left knee uh, guard made out of? Like, you, you, would, out of you would have those conversations though, so I actually wouldn't put of it course, past you. Of course. <laughs> what about what about demand with vintage NBA jerseys? Because because you know we we know that you know in the '90s I grew up, and CJ and I talk about this all the time with with the champion branded NBA jerseys, and even in the early 2000s, I feel like there's a lot of throwback jerseys that people are you know, that are very sought after now. How has the market for vintage NBA jerseys changed, if at all, in the last, say, like, four or five years? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, like, you know, the way that when I was growing up in the 90s, people would, like, you know, be super nostalgic about, like, the 70s. That's how our generation feels about the 90s, right? 
Jordan and, you know, the six rings and everything that happens logo wise in the 90s. You have the Grizzlies, you have obviously the Dino and the Raptors, you have the Sonics rebrand with the needle nose, the Suns. I mean, there's so much going on color wise, logo wise. It was a lot more free. And on top of that, you have basically one brand making all of the on-court merchandise for seven of the 10 years in the 90s, and that's Champion. And it's a super uniform, easy-to-remember branding. It just has that single Champion tag on the bottom of the jersey. And Champion was really important in the merchandising of NBA product because they were the first retail jersey manufacturer that put the names on the backs of jerseys because they had a player association license. So people should remember that before that in the 80s, if you wanted a Jordan jersey or a Magic jersey or a Bird jersey, there's no name on the back there. So it doesn't have as much personalization that it did in the 90s. So have the prices gone up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, stuff has gotten pretty hairy. And uh, jersey-wise, you've seen this crazy kind of uptick not only on like game-worn memorabilia, which is like the, you know, the more premium, higher-end part of like the NBA spectrum, but also on like the champion fan or replica jerseys. People are hunting down now the players that weren't made as much, right? Like everyone has a Jordan Bulls jersey, but, you know, you're really going to like turn some heads if you, you know, if you've got a John Paxson or a Luke Longley. So everyone's always after the rare players. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because like we've seen some NBA players, I think PJ Tucker and some other people show start showing up in, in throwback jerseys as well. Like I feel like the players themselves have started to catch on on the trends. And one of the things, what what can you tell us? And I think from the outside, we're always curious, consumers of vintage or just looking at these jerseys, what's the process of just like authenticating? some of these vintage goods or, you know, specifically with like the NBA jerseys, because of course there's just a lot of product that goes around. And I'm sure for you as a business, like that's important to you too, right? In terms of getting your hands on something that's authentic. So champion jerseys or jerseys in general, like retail jerseys, um, they're not such an issue for us because we've been doing it so long. I can spot a fake from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, we constantly are doing legit checks for customers. Like they'll bring, you know, they'll bring photos of stuff in. They really, they want to know. Right. Um, but like newsflash, like, you know, if you're buying like a Larry Bird champion jersey, like no one's trying to fake it. It's like, it's a lower <laughs> end item. You know what right. I mean? Like, you know, you're a Potapenko like Celtics jersey. You're cool. Like, don't worry. Like, no you're not getting scammed. You you're not getting scammed. You'll be no, all right. Yeah, you're not getting scammed, guys. You're, you're good. It's the stuff that's like much more high end, right? And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people out there, you know, in the higher end part of the market that are taking they're taking advantage of customers, right? You know, and if something costs ten thousand dollars, and you know, and a customer is able to buy it for six or sixty five hundred, sometimes people are going to get duped on something like that, right? So. Yeah, there's 100% a lot of fakes definitely in the market, in the higher end, you know, basketball market. Yeah. 
Yeah, the stakes yeah. are very high, right? It's very expensive. So yeah, no, no, it's it's really interesting. Lastly, for you, you know, we talked about this mainstream boom with vintage. We talk about how so many NBA players are now dipping their toes into wearing vintage in the tunnel. Where do you see the vintage market going? Like, are, are we just gonna keep being in this kind of era where everybody's going after vintage, or are we gonna slow down eventually? I think it's already kind of shifted. I mean, you can see what guys are wearing out the tunnel, like. A lot of it has nuances of vintage in it that you might not even know, mm-hmm. you know, and we carry like a lot of that kind of stuff. And we've already kind of introduced some of that stuff in, in the store in the last, I would say, like three to six months. Yeah. Like are, you, are you talking more of like the, the kind of like the menswear, like the more kind of yeah, grown, more grown look, right? Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Like, you know, like take some time and go look at some like, you know league fits from like the past three to six months you'll see a lot of dress pants in there mm-hmm. loafers mm-hmm. three-quarter leathers are starting to come back knit sweaters more shirting less tees not that tees are going anywhere it's such a staple but things are definitely already shifting so where is it going to be going vintage is never really going to go away right because there's so much inspiration that new brands draw from not only like the vintage clothing, but obviously like what people of influence are wearing and gravitate to. And forever, you know, people are always polarized by vintage clothing because it's unique and it's not super easily accessible, but if, you know, you have enough money, you can, you can find stuff, right? You, you can get a plug, you know, to get, to get you stuff. And there's definitely a little lure for like a lot of these guys, they want to they wanna look fly and they don't want to look like everyone else because, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of them are shopping in the same high-end stores and it's almost boring. I mean, they have a lot of money, right? So everyone can essentially afford the same thing. But if you get an item that's been out of print for 30 years and you wear that out of the tunnel or around some of your friends, yeah, it's going to say something, right? It means like, you're, you know, it means you're on another level. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. Um, Awesome, Josh. Listen, I always appreciate your time. Always appreciate your insight. Everybody should go follow In Vintage We Trust on Instagram. And if you're ever in Toronto, go hit up In Vintage We Trust. Even if you don't, well, you should buy something there. But even if you don't, Josh, if you have any interest in vintage, Josh, if he's at the store and not busy at a place, uh, uh, you know, unknown, um, you know, grabbing his stuff. He'll he'll talk to you for vi- about vintage for hours. I I, I can yeah, personally vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We love the history, right? I mean, garments are just garments without the people to to speak through them, for sure. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.